in less than a week, there's about 100,000 people who have arrived in Armenia, um, and among them around 30,000 children. Um, they've all come through this little town that I've visited twice now in, in the south of Armenia, Goris, which is a little town of only 20,000 people um, in normal circumstances, um, who had now to deal with this huge inflow. Um, by now, many families have actually moved on to different parts of the country, either because they have family or friends there or because actually the government also has allocated um, different shelters in different uh, regions of the country to be able to host all this population. Uh, you said that you uh, went to Goris already. Did you have a chance to talk to the children to understand what they have gone through and uh, what what is needed for them? We had uh, in the first few days, so in the initial days of, of families arriving in Armenia, I, w I visited the registration centers the Armenian government had set up. Um, and uh, all of those registration centers always also had a had a health point, so to say, where, where nurses and doctors were were working and I was speaking to them, asking them a little bit about, you know, what in what state, uh, physical state and mental state are children actually arriving. And they all confirmed the same thing. The children arrive hungry, um, showing signs of malnutrition, that they arrive very tired, um, that they a lot of them are running a fever or have other kinds of diseases. Um, and the psychologists um, that were working in these centers also were saying that um, we're confirming that they all arrive uh, really in a state of shock um, and trauma and uh, struggling also to comprehend what had been happening to them. We have set up um, from the very early days a children's corner in Goris, uh, which is basically a safe space where children can uh, can go, can access services, can get psychological support, but also medical support. And um, and I spent a bit of time there on, on two occasions that I went down to Goris to talk to the children. I have to say many children, frankly, are not very much willing to engage. I think that's also just a sign of um, what they've been through. There was one group of boys, uh, three brothers, um, and their mom who were telling us that, well, they really had, they had very little time to just grab the most essential things. Each boy was, uh, was able to take one little backpack in which he could choose what to put in. So it was a mix of basically like fundamentals like underwear and so on. And then perhaps, you know, one or two little toys that they felt that they could fit in, but they've left most of their toys behind. So um, it was really, what stayed with them is basically this, this um, the sense of, you know, longing for the things that they have left behind. Um, and they were very excited when they were in the in this children's corner to see that there was a lot of toys that they could play with. They were jumping around, running around, playing with balls. Um, really, it was a joy to see them kind of at least reclaim for some moments the kind of joys of childhood. And of course, the, the, the big question remains education, because that many children uh, to be accommodated in the education system also is a major effort um, to undertake a major challenge. Um, we have seen that, you know, some of the teachers uh, actually have been trying to organize kind of finding their, their students again and trying to organize that they can meet each other again, just to create some sense of, you know, normalcy again. But this is obviously a very, very difficult proposition. Uh, and this happens after many months already where they've been living through a difficult situation. So uh, the Ministry of Education from the very early days uh, already said that they will integrate um, these children into the school system. And by today, I think there's about more than 6,000 children that have been integrated um, and registered. But uh, clearly, there's this is very big numbers for a small country like Armenia. What does uh, UNICEF uh, offer in this situation? What kind of support do you provide to the people in the first instance and uh, the government? 
So we're looking at uh, um, different uh, types of support. So in the immediate, uh, we had already prepositioned some supplies. Um, for the last few months already, we had been working on preparing, giving our humanitarian mandate to make sure that we are ready for um, the kind of crisis that we now unfortunately see unfold. Um, we have um, immediately also um, handed over to the Ministry of, Ministry of Health uh, medicines um, and medical supplies specifically for children. Uh, we've also been procuring additional, uh, not only medicines, but also therapeutic food for the children that are, show signs of malnutrition. And we've been setting up these children's corners. By now we have two in Goris. We're setting up more across the country, given that now, you know, children are all over the country in different communities. And on education, we're working closely with the Ministry of Education to look into setting up temporary learning spaces, additional capacity to accommodate children, um, also to train teachers on how to best work with these children and integrate them um, into existing classes and, uh, and the school system. Obviously, the big question is also livelihoods and, uh, and you know, how, how are families going to be able to make ends meet? The government has already announced cash transfer schemes, um, uh, one, one off scheme, another one which will cover the first, uh, for I think, six months, which is the equivalent of kind of a rental subsidy, basically. And we're working with the Ministry of Labor now to see what else uh, will be needed specifically for for families with children. For example, vouchers for families to be able to purchase clothes for, for winter clothes for children, but also what other uh, kind of expenses uh, will be needed uh, to cover, such as, for example, for education when they when they go into the schools. Is there a message you would like our audience to hear? The, the scale and speed of this of this displacement of this population, you know, leaving everything behind and coming into Armenia, is uh, is certainly a very unique challenge and uh, and the big challenge I think for for all of us as a as a community as a humanitarian community, but also beyond that, will really be to see how we can support um, the government, civil society, um, to really ensure that especially children are getting everything that they need, that they can grow up um, safe, safely and health, healthy um, in this completely changed environment for them. And that they don't um, take with them from these experiences, very long-standing trauma. I think this needs to be all of our aim.